Welcome, everybody. It's the spoopy paranormal umbrella, and tonight we are coming at you with Ed and Lorraine Warren. That is our topic for this evening, and it is going to be a biggest balls. I love, love, love Ed and R- Lorraine Warren. Warren, like I, okay, I don't know how long anyone on here has been following them or their career, but I have been a longtime fan. I have been watching them from the sidelines since I found out about Amityville in the ripe old age of nine years old. Okay, that was a long time ago for me. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you how long ago that was for me because, you know, a woman does not reveal her age. But that's what our subject is tonight. And we've got some good ones. And let me tell you, my co-host here, the wonderful Kelly didn't know about Ed and Lorraine Warren. Had no clue. Okay. Okay. So I've seen like The Conjuring and, you know, a couple of those movies. So I I have had a little bit of exposure to their works, but once again, on a movie level, which obviously isn't like the nitty gritty dive down deep and really get to know them. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. So it was just a very surface level before, you know, we started researching this and everything. So I am actually very excited to kind of dive into this and get to know them a little bit better and kind of what all they did. Yeah, because they're an actual couple. They 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 are a couple who got married and met each other. Um, Christians, by the way, they are Christians, devout Christians. Um we do not discriminate here, although I am my, I myself am not a Christian. We do not discriminate religions here. It's everyone for themselves. Um, they, Lorraine, in her wonderful self, is a professed clairvoyant and light trance medium who worked closely with her husband, Edward Warren, who is a prominent demonologist, author, and lecturer. And he's written many, 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 many books on demons, exorcisms, and the cases that they have worked on. And it is said that they have worked on over 10,000 hauntings, uh, cases of perceived or alleged exorcism, um, poltergeists, um, demons possessing homes, lands, like uh, with The Conjuring 2. That is based off an actual case. Now, okay. So, in doing my research, it appears that they have had a little bit of bad publicity in terms of... um, authenticity and stuff like that but in digging down like i kind of heard both stories of yeah they're legit and then yeah they're kind of playing it up for you know media sake the hype and you know obviously getting paid so kind of where are your thoughts on that uh i myself i believe that lorraine is indeed a medium i believe that 
or was because unfortunately she did pass recently. And I say recently, it was in 2019 when she passed away. Um, but I think they're, I think both of them are deceased now, correct? They are. They are. Her okay. husband passed away first in 2006. Um, I believe it's because of due to complications to a heart problem that he had. Um, now, is the museum that they opened with all of their haunted items, is that still around? Whatever happened to that after their passing? Um, from what I Do understand, um, yeah, no, it's still, the museum is still there. It's still there. It's being oh, okay. run by the estate itself. Um, from what I understand, there is a manager a guy who manages uh, the family estate um, for their daughter uh, and okay. for the museum. Yeah. And he, uh, he is very, very strict about investigators and about who he allows to come in and investigate and kind of do ghost ghosty related things in the uh, in the museum um, at one point I know that they did have ghost adventures with uh, Zach Bagans um, with the Annabelle doll they did a um, Halloween uh, got a Halloween special a couple of, couple of years back with the Annabelle doll and now that um, doll locked up in the box correct it was locked up in the box in a glass case that uh, Ed Warren made himself, specially made for now, that doll. And wasn't it made of like some kind of blessed wood? There was something special about the box that kept her in there, correct? Yeah, I, there was blessed wood. I, I can't wood. remember exactly, but there was like something special about that box that like trapped it in there. If I remember correctly, it was blessed, uh, blessed wood. It was blessed um, by a priest. Um, there was like crosses that were blessed and etched with um, a certain prayer. I can't remember the prayer exactly which one it was that were that was etched into the box itself to keep Annabelle the doll in there to keep the doll in there because it, it's. Allegedly, it's possessed by a demon. So now, it's on. It's I under actually, like headlock. Now I read a story. At, I can't remember exactly the specifics of it at the moment, but it was talking about how um, there was like a priest or somebody was standing in front of the the box and was saying like. Um, oh, this is just, you know, a big hoax. There's nothing, you know, supernatural about it. This is lame, whatever. And I guess on his way home, he got in a car accident and died. So there's some crazy stuff like this. Yeah. This stuff is otherworldly for sure. Well, it's not anybody who's had... Um interactions with with Annabelle or even some of the items in their museum because there's a lot of items in their museum that are um anchor items and I don't know if people know what an anchor item is but it's when a uh spirit or a demon or a ghost um even a memory 
that can replay, which is what people think, uh, what, well, what the paranormal community considers, um, a ghost or, um, oh God, what is it? There is a technical term for it and I can't remember because I am still under a brain fog. But, um, (laughs) if a memory is strongly attached to an item, it's like the, and I'm going to use the incorrect term ghost, um, but it's, there's another technical term for it. Um, relives that memory over and over and over again. They don't even know the like truth. It's like a tether or an anchor to like the physical world or something. Right. Exactly. There was a really good movie that had that as a basis um, called, it was back in the eighties and it was called the white lady. I believe it was, it was one of my favorite movies. Anyways, and she, her daughter was um unfortunate victim of a serial killer of children in this town and the memory uh this girl was reliving the tragic memory of her death because it was tied to a button that was lost yeah that was lost in the um the air duct of a small little air duct in the air conditioning of her classroom closet, coat closet. And she relived, yeah, she relived her death every night at the same time. And that's how, you know, the boy saw the, saw her death because he got stuck in that coat closet and he dug, yeah, he dug the button out from the little air conditioning hole in the ground, the little duct in the ground. He dug that out and he had the button and he could see her relive it every night. And because he, I know it's really crazy. The whole movie's really great. It's really great. You got to watch it. It's a great show. Um, Oh, we already got a comment. Yep. If I remember correctly, the, uh, when the spirit is basically on repeat, it's called a residual haunting or something like that. Yes. Thank you. Ah, Thank you. you. Dylan coming in clutch. Thank you. Thank you so much. I cannot remember residual (laughs) to save my life, but he got it. Thank you. It is a residual haunting. That's what it's called. A residual haunting. They're reliving the memory over and over again. So anyways, we've got anchor devices anchor tokens that they are attached to or memory is attached to a normally a traumatic experience and they're reliving it over and over and over again and then you've got ghosts and then you've got demons and poltergeists and um anyways in the in this museum is where they keep all of these things because they deem them too dangerous to be kept outside in the world and they can't cleanse them like they can't get rid of them for some reason. They've tried cleansing them and holy water oh, and all that stuff, and they couldn't break the hold on them. So they keep them in this museum. Um, and the most dangerous parts were kept in this a uh, part of their home for a long time, for many many years. That was that sounds like a bad under, idea. <laughs> well, they didn't. Well, they didn't trust anybody else to take care of it. You know, so they I locked mean, it up yeah. in there, and there were, huh? I get. I definitely get why they would, but that just still seems like a bad idea. Like rent a warehouse or something, <laughs> a storage <laughs> locker, something, something that doesn't involve a lot of people around. <laughs> you would think. You would think. But they they kept that thing blessed. I think if I remember correctly, they blessed. They had that room blessed, like 
once or twice a month. Wow. And yeah, to keep to keep the bad juju in that room so that it couldn't escape and attach to people and haunt families. So they were living with that stuff in their house day to day, minute to minute. Wow. Till the till the moment yeah. they passed. Now, like I thought that they like originally when I kind of went into this, I thought they were more so uh, like went into the hauntings and that kind of like the spiritual realm and stuff, but they actually dealt with a bunch of cases ranging even with like werewolves, like the South mm-hmm. End werewolf. Uh, that was totally new to me. And I mean, it like from, I think this was in Essex, England. Yep. The guy's name was Bill Ramsey, and uh, he was pos- well. He was possessed by a demon that um, allegedly manifest as a wolf, and I mean he he had like supernatural strength and all kinds of stuff. So, like they they involved they were involved in a lot of a wide ver- variety of uh, different types of hauntings i guess because that's not necessarily a haunting but it's like possession yeah it's anything that was considered supernatural or paranormal they were a part of it they investigated it they actually started one of the first paranormal investigation groups in 1952 and it is the oldest one in new england Yeah, it's called the New England Society for Psychic Research, N-E-S-P-R. It's the oldest ghost hunting group in New England. And it's still going on today? Still going on today. Very nice. They claim to have investigated well over 10,000 cases during their career. So they're basically like the MUFON of the like supernatural, spiritual kind of like – are you familiar with MUFON and like um, MUFON is basically like the UFO uh, community. That's like where you report any kind of UFO activity. Uh, yeah. You, you reach out to MUFON and report your uh, abduction or, you know, your sighting or what have you. And they record it, they get the full story and if need be, they'll come out and investigate. Yeah, they're yeah, they're like that just with the paranormal stuff and the spiritual stuff that that was them. That was Ed and Lorraine. They were there. One of their first investigations was the Amityville haunting. So, they were they were there. They were in it and Lorraine um her being a psychic medium um she was the one who would she could basically see the apparitions. She could feel it, and so she was the medium. Yeah, but she could. If she was so strong with it that she could feel it, and she could follow it through the home. She. It was almost oh, wow. like being. Um, I don't know if any anybody knows about the correlation between being an empath and being a, a medium or having a type of mediumship, but it's really close. It's linked 
together because you're getting strong. Yeah. You're getting strong feelings and sometimes the feelings and this residual Dylan, thank you. Um, haunting (laughs) at their feeling. She, she's like getting, it's so strong that she can see it. And that's the part of like the mediumship. And she's, uh, they call it a light trance medium. So she would kind of go into, um, meditation almost like a, a trance like state sure. so that she could tap more into the undercurrents of what was going on into the, in the house. And she'd be able to tell you if it was malevolent, if it was a gray area, if it was just lost and she could just get the story and connect it piece by piece together. And I believe she could do it. I know there's, there's tons of skeptics out there and everybody's allowed to believe what they want to believe. I choose to believe that, Lorraine had gifts and I personally would say I I would agree with you I would say that she definitely had gifts and she knew how to use them but I would also say that being famous does kind of interesting things to people and whether they ride that fame or not uh, I think that's entire. That's up to them, and I think the the Warrens may have done that a little bit, but I definitely believe that they were the real deal for sure. Well, I believe they were the real deal, but I mean, how are you going to? I'm playing devil's advocate here. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. <laughs> okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna fall right into it because I love it. Um, on the other hand, okay, what's the point? What's the point in having gifts and having the ability to do what you can do, if not to take advantage of the outlets that you are given? And in the, I mean, look at today's society. Let's look at today's society. We've got TikTok, we've got Facebook, we've got Instagram, we've got Snapchat. Everyone everywhere wants some, they want that 15 minutes. They want that. Thank you so much for the follow. Um, They want that 15 minutes, girl. They need that 15 minutes. But if you've got a platform, right? If you're given a platform, which they really didn't start using their platform in, and we'll say their fame, if you want to go in that direction, not until like the 1975 when they're at, when they actually came out into society and people started noticing them with Amityville. Right. It was, it was really after they uh, attracted a following and became well known that they, I think they kind of got comfortable in the position, shall we say, and just kind of went with it. Because now, like, for instance, with the Enfield haunting, which uh, that would be the story of The Conjuring 2 for the movie. Yeah. The Enfield Poltergeist, uh, 1977. Right. Now, that one, it, I think that that was the one where they basically just kind of came in for a little bit. And then they didn't do as much as like the movie portrayed them doing. Uh, I, right. As, as far as I remember, they just kind of came in, did a quick walkthrough. And it was like, yep, it's haunted. And then they left like the next day. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. They weren't, um, they actually didn't really want to go at first. They were kind of talked into going. 
And it because it was on the tails of a traumatic experience for Lorraine, who was still recovering from said traumatic experience. And now, she, she was she recovering from the Amityville experience? Is that was what the trauma was, or was there something else? Well, the way it's portrayed is that during a trance during her her time in Amityville um she was shown um during her walk through with the these ghosts or spirits that were still trapped in Amityville um the potential death of her husband and uh, I see. she was being how would I, how can I put that? I'm going to just, I'm going to just say it and we'll just go with it. She <laughs> was basically being stalked by a demon. Um, it is believed that demons kind of have a collective consciousness. Okay. Ah, and yeah. Now, and as I said, everybody has a different belief system. And in different cultures, everyone believes differently um, when it comes to demons or jinns or um, fairies. Because demons, fairies in China and Japan, or we'll just say in Asia, are, are considered de- demons. But you go to right. Scotland, and they're cute little pixies or horrible-looking pukas. So everybody has a different way of looking at um, at demons or what they consider to be a demon. So you're just going to have to like sure. look at uh, look at it through this lens. Um, so also, real quick, we do have a yeah. comment. Whenever you're ready. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Excuse the fact that I sound like deaf at the moment. Um, second COVID <laughs> shot is starting to hit. Oh, the no. symptoms are starting oh, to hit. No. Like a Mack truck skating on an icy road in the middle of December. Oh, um, poor girl. So I'm sorry if I sound weird. I will still bring you uh, the, the dad jokes and everything. But the reason why I'm recording <laughs> myself is because you're saying all of this about a closet. <laughs> oh, no. Closet, well, my room is dark and my closet is just cracked. No. And it's pitch. Why, why y'all do this? Why? Girl. <laughs> no, I'm going to have to take my dizzy tail up and go close my, my closet because now I'm scared. <laughs> Girl, you set yourself up. Like, it's almost, it is uncanny how you, how you set yourself up every podcast. Like, you, there's always something that, like, I remember one time, I think we were doing the shadow people and uh no it wasn't the shadow people it was windy boy we were doing windy boy and it was a swarm and girl it was like perfect time at poor tina the trauma (laughs) the trauma that you go through with (laughs) we've made her terrified of everything like she's not safe She's not safe in her house. She's not safe outside of her house. She's not safe in the woods. She can't go anywhere. Pluto. That's Pluto. It. That's where she was going that, with the lifetime supply. That's where she's got. Yeah. Lifetime supply of chicken nuggies. Poor thing. You poor thing. I hope you feel better soon. Rest yes, up. I keep hydrated. Take some Tylenol. Vitamin C. Yes. Vitamin C. You know, keep those vitamins and minerals up poor thing um 
Yeah, now, yeah, the closet. In terms of closet. like in terms of the speed of thought, like how the, that hive mind right. uh, I know that from a Christianity perspective, angels are supposed to communicate at the speed of thought and from the lore and legend and all of that from the Bible, it mm-hmm. talks about how, you know, the demons were fallen angels. So it would it would be assumed that they could do the same thing. They would have that right. speed of thought transmission to share it. So right. I can definitely well, see how that would how it could come yeah. after her like that. Especially when you when you look into the spiritual realm, it looks back at you. So Oh, it definitely does. That is why um when they talk about and I say they and I I mean like we'll we'll do a blanket statement of pagans. Okay, I'll do the blanket statement pagans here. Uh when you're talking about participating in any craft that you that has to do with the spiritual world, you protect yourself first and you always stay in the light or at least in the gray area. There are some who who like to travel outside of said area and that's their prerogative. Do your thing, boo boo. But you better make sure that you've got you have crossed your T's and dotted your I's and, you know, put your circles and you're standing in them or like. Them, you know, or you've, you know, make sure you've got some protection because you are never alone when you go to do any kind of workings. Even Christians, even Christians protect themselves. Lorraine oh, yeah. had a rosary that she carried with her and wore with her everywhere. So um, Christians have items of protections as, as well. The rosary beads, um, which is tied to Catholicism or, or you know, Catholics, um, the cross that a majority of uh, Christian religions or subclasses of Christian religions wear. Um, it's always a religion always has a symbol of protection that they have that, that they sense. carry with them them so everybody protects themselves somehow anointment oil holy water they've got it and have you ever heard have you ever heard of the book of sacred magic of a bremlin the mage i've heard of the book of sacred magic but i have not read it that is the book that alistair crowley and that is why i haven't read it (laughs) Tried and failed. Oh, you definitely don't want to read it, for sure. First of all, it was translated from Latin to German and then from German to English. So already you're you're relying on the translation. And yeah, it doesn't go so well. And I mean, like the house that he did it in, that he tried to do this magic in – I mean, there's a whole thing about it in terms like um, it's called like the curse of Led Zeppelin and there, there's a big thing about it. But basically, a Bremlin the Mage was this guy that I guess had it had been passed down to him, this ritual of summoning the 12 kings and dukes of hell. That's why I haven't read it. Right. To bind Don't, them. No, thank you. Essentially, you're summoning a guardian angel 
to then use that guardian angel to defeat the 12 kings and the dukes of hell. So, and like the ritual requires 18 months of preparation. Like, See, we're talking, you're not allowed to talk to anybody. You're not allowed to like interact with anybody. You literally stay in a room for 18 months and like meditate and you have to wear like special linen clothing and you got to do all these different rituals and everything. And if you miss one single step, you have to start all the way over from the beginning. Well, I mean, let's think about it. Let's think that's one man, one man, a man who's going up against 12 kings of hell. Um, Okay. That's demons. The 12 kings. Oh yeah, um, including including the the big baddie down there. So yeah, uh, and s- supposedly Aleister Crowley attempted this, failed, got the house haunted with these demons, and then anybody who's tried to buy the house led uh, one of the guys from Led Zeppelin, for example. Um, Nothing good has come of it. So definitely dotting the I's and crossing the T's, like, it's important. <laughs> That's, <laughs> because, that sounds like something Aleister Crowley would do. I'm right? sorry okay. to any of our listeners. I am not. I don't know if you've gathered this or not, but I am not a fan of Mr. Crowley. No, not. no. You know, um, no offense to anybody who is. No offense to anyone who uh, researches his practices. Um, it's just not for me personally. It's not something that I am a fan of or something or a path that I would like to go down. I right. I don't, I won't even use a Ouija board. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I, I'm a lightweight. I'll stay away from all that. Yeah. I choose not to go down that path. I choose to stay away from that path. Um, uh-huh. I, I choose to stay in the gray or the light working areas. I, I prefer um, the light. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. We have comments. Let's go to these comments. We, we, t- we, t- we took a dark turn. All right. <laughs> I believe the Christian artist singer, uh, Carmen did a song about that called the witch's invitation. Yeah. Uh-huh. See, it's a thing. See, we always I mean, get like together. they said in the mummy. Well, what, what bad could, what harm could come from reading a book? I mean, come on. It's just, it's just, it's just, just <laughs> oh, a book happened? that, you know, you, you gotta be really careful and not fuck yourself over with. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we saw what happened. We saw what happened. The whole plot. They made a, they made a series of movies about that book. <laughs> we saw what yeah. happens when you okay. You don't read the book. <laughs> that, That's it, like the an opening box. Exactly. The fact that it took him eighteen months of building his psychic wards for himself right? for own personal protection and that he would have to because that you have to be impenetrable to work here's where mr crowley went wrong so there's supposed to be like the the ritual is supposed to be like this very cleansing sanctifying thing that makes you like super pure of heart and you know basically you're heightening your spiritual game so that you can be on the ball when this stuff happens, like when everything goes down. Well, Noble pursuit. Right. Well, that was based on, you know, what the book wrote. 
18 months. Mr. Crowley was was doing this on uh, a drug-induced high. He oh, was yeah. mm-hmm. traveling, um, talking to people. He was communicating. He was not following the rules at all. Oh, yeah, and he cut it down from 18 months to six months. So clearly, something was going to go wrong. And it See, and, and this, there are no spiritual shortcuts. There's no, no there's no control alt delete. There's mm. you can't. There's no f functions here when it comes to spiritual stuff because <laughs> no alt f fours. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can and you can't go back and like just correct that stuff, especially something of that magnitude with you know right. some sacred page and some incense. It doesn't. No, once you've invited and invoked that, that's. Especially you're in it till a the ritual. Yeah, especially a, 18 months. That's two years. Two years. Two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Two and a half years of preparation just to do the work itself. And he tried to do, look, nah, we're just going to do a sh- shortcut, take some hallucinogens, and just hope for the best. That's why I don't follow anything Alice Crowley has ever done. He's right. like a guidebook <laughs> for what not to do. You know what I mean? Exactly. For me, for me personally, he's a guidebook of what not to do. Anybody else, like I said, do you, boo-boo. Whatever you want to do, what you choose to do with your life is you and up to you, and I won't begrudge you that. But, but, I will not be coming to clean up your mess. Exactly. You know, you know exactly what you've comments. gotten to. We've got some more comments here. All right, I'm the most I've ever done was do the Bloody Mary thing in the bathroom when I was in middle school just for my parents to scare all the living hell out of me. And I never (laughs) did it again. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I think we've all done the Bloody Mary. sound like Sooth with with the, what what could go wrong? What what, what could go wrong? Uh Uh-uh. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's one of the reasons why Dylan and I are friends. <laughs> it's it's bad when Pandora the Explorer won't touch the box. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's when you know. Okay. That's when you know it's a bad box. I do have limitations, all right, guys. And one of the hard no's that I have, where I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to use my safe word here. Okay, this is where Pandora uses her safe word. We ain't, exactly. th- that's negative. Kimasabi. Okay. <laughs> negative ghostwriter. The pattern is full. I will not be venturing that in that direction. I don't think so. Not, not that I can't. It's because I personally choose not to. And that's, uh, again, like I said, anybody else? Do you, boo boo? Do you. You do your <laughs> thing. I'll do mine. And everybody will live and let live. That's how we will do that. Anyways, back to what we were saying. Oh, we got, we got a comment. Let's see what we got here. So what you're saying is, you know, uh, bring a friend to sacrifice so they leave you alone. You know, chestnut checkers. <laughs> Are you volunteering? Are you volunteering as tribute, Dylan? Is that what you're hearing here? I'm just asking. Yeah. I'll, I'll pass on the whole thing. I, I'm not volunteering, and I'm not um, going to be running the thing. I'm going to be on the other side of the planet, staying far, far away from like anything that could possibly go wrong. I'm not messing with that. 
Dylan over here volunteering his tribute. I'll make sure I'm not- it's just <laughs> he's just gonna he's just gonna lay down in the circle and everything's gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, like there, there will be no comment whether I am volunteering at this time. Uh, I plead the fifth. Staying away from the the ley lines that attach, just in case, you know, gotta be double <laughs> doubly safe. <laughs> oh no, Tina's weighing in. What do we got? I do not volunteer to go anywhere with Dylan when it comes to the scoops. <laughs> I do not volunteer. I let it be known right now. So if he ever convinces me uh, to go see Spooks and I disappear, note. It is his fault. Okay. All right. I'm putting my foot down. You hear, you see my foot? You don't see my foot. But imagine a foot going down. I refuse. <laughs> I love it. Everybody's drawing lines except for me and Dylan. Me and Dylan are kind of over here like, uh, I mean, there's some things like, I mean, we could read the book if we wanted to. Everybody else is like, hard no. That's a hard. No, just no. No, just no. <laughs> Not even a little, not for real. As the comments are pouring in. (laughs) You don't have to be the fastest. You just have to be faster than someone else. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Are we planning out a ritual here? Like, I'm. If you see me running, try and keep up. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Y'all. Everybody's like, we've we've got a plan. We're planning this out. Like this is, you know, this ain't real, right? Like we ain't actually gonna do this. It's not <laughs> my fault. The demons decided to go for you and not me. I mean, it's just, it's just the way the cookie crumbles. Oh my! Oh, I can I can picture this in my head right now, and it just seems like. Have y'all ever watched Ghost Adventures and Zach Bagans and his friend? I can't remember his name, but the the bald guy. I can Aaron. Aaron. Aaron's always the sacrificial lamb. Aaron, we're gonna put you in the room by yourself. You're gonna go into the morgue, and we're gonna slide you into the hole, and you're gonna stay there. Aaron's always the sacrificial lamb, and they're all like, they're always like, especially Zach is like, I'm gonna take my shirt off, and I'm going to taunt them, do something, and then something happens, and they all scream and run away, except for Aaron because somehow he's been tied down to something. This is this is what I'm picturing in my head, but only with like Tina and Dylan and Sacred Light and Kellick and me. But Kellick is the one that's staying in the van that's two miles off the property. <laughs> see, I see oh. the Monty Python that whole run away, run away. <laughs> <Say Child>. <laughs> She's a witch. Look at the way she's dressed. I'm not a witch. They dress me this way. That's exactly how it's going to happen. I can see it now. I can see it. No, the hell we not planning a witch or that woke me up just now. Don't you ask that question. No, you better not. You sit your tail down talking about some what we planning a ritual. You know what we planning? We planning you sitting down and eating chicken nuggies. Hell nah. Mm-mm. That's the only thing we planning. On Pluto, that's right. Chicken nuggies on Pluto. No rituals, just leaving. <laughs> uh, oh no, I didn't play. Didn't have the audacity to say that's just the way the cookie crumbles. You don't deserve cookies. You know what? You know what? I I can't keep doing. I'm gonna make a list so I don't keep getting spooked every time there's a podcast. And in that list, it's gonna be as long as as well as don't listen to Sue's. It's gonna be don't listen to Dylan either. I refuse. Mm-mm. Nope. 
Dylan's cookie privileges have been revoked. <laughs> no cookies for you. No cookies for Dylan. The code name kids next door. Charge. Run away like little girls. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry, the, uh, the the witching ritual is canceled. We got nuggies. So uh, next time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Dylan, you're like real you're toeing the line of having your nuggies <laughs> revoked at this point. I'm Tina is real serious about her chicken nuggies. <laughs> no cookie. But I could do cookie. Dude, you got you already got your cookies revoked. Now you're like toeing the line of having no nuggies either. I'll be real careful, man. Tina is serious about her nuggies. I can see this whole bait and switch thing happening where everybody comes for this ritual and they walk into this dark room and they light the candle and like the table just has chicken nuggets all over it. <laughs> and it's Tina going, I knew it was you. All of you need Jesus. <laughs> this is a come to Jesus me right now. <laughs> Revoked. None of you get cookies. <laughs> <laughs> we're totally on topic. Oh my goodness! All right, look, like, we're going. We're going back. Okay, we have all determined that us and Alistair Crowley does not mix. Okay, agree. Oh no! Oh, here we go. Oh, Dina, <laughs> you, you like Sue just said, you're trying to get your nuggies revoked. All right, there's not many people I would go ahead and share my nuggies with. And and, and and the only reason why I'm sharing them with you is because Sooth knows you, all right? And that's, I that's don't true. usually do that, all right? But if Sooth thinks that's that true. you're a cool person, then I guess you're a cool person enough to get the chicken nuggies. But I will take them things back. I will, you know what? No, I'm going to give you the chicken nuggies. I'm going to give it to you. You know what you're not going to get? You ain't going to get no dip. Ranch? Out the I question. knew it. Now. now, how about that? And no fries either. Now. I knew it dry nuggies. I knew the dry nuggies were coming. I knew it. You're living on borrowed cool at this point, Dylan, with dry nuggies. No sauce, no cookies, and no french fries. Oh, no. I'll get my own cookies and nuggies, and there'll be blackjack and hooker. You know, it's just, forget, forget the blackjack and hookers. I just want the nuggies and cookies. <laughs> we're going into a totally different party at that point, Dylan. <laughs> that's not cool. That's not true. This kind of party. <laughs> okay. The kid. <laughs> All right. Back to the Warrens. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> so with the. <laughs> See if we can get back on track. <laughs> you try. What I started here. The uh, the Smurl haunting. Now that one I found really interesting because that one involved like a German Shepherd being slammed against the wall. Like that's insane to me. And some assault, we'll say, by a demon. And that took place in what nineteen seventy four. The I'm sorry, I was. There was a dark mass that formed inside the home, telling them to get out. That was the Smurl haunting. 
The Smurl Hunt. Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, I had to get back on track. <clears throat> I laughed so hard. Rain in that the I back got a runny in. nose. <laughs> right, right in the back my of my fault. I started it. <laughs> you just know, you're just pressing all the buttons tonight, Kelly. All the right. buttons. Uh-oh, oh, Tina. What do you so got, I'm Tina? I'm doing a terrible country accent, but... <laughs> Girl, you were like a, my terrible grandma country accent comes out. And, <laughs> that's how I knew you were serious. I swear to you, I don't talk like that on a normal, on a regular. <laughs> that's how I knew you were being serious. Cause I, man, look, when I'm being serious, my southern accent gets real heavy. And this is this is my professional voice right now. I'm trying to be professional. <laughs> and then you came out with that trying your dangdest with that southern accent and I was like I feel you girl I'm right there with you like he's we're pushing buttons and boundaries that I just can't go to I gotta, I gotta keep it professional I can't go there hold on real Reba back in come back Reba come back all right <clears throat> Whew. all right so that was uh, the Smurl family was uh, the Pennsylvania residents of Jack and Janet Smurl reported yes. their home was disturbed by numerous Supernatural phenomena, including sounds, smells, and apparitions. The Warrens became involved and claimed that Smurl Home was occupied by four spirits and also a demon that allegedly uh, essayed um, Jack and Janet. The Smurl's version of their story was the subject of the 1986 paperback titled The Haunted and television film of the same name directed by Robert Mandel. So they made a movie out of this. So I got a question, and hmm. maybe you or one of the our wonderful listeners can answer <laughs> this. But mm-hmm. in terms of, like, haunting, right, <clears throat> the Smurl family... Uh, they had spirits and demons. Now, obviously, those are two very different things, but right. they were still kind of tied together. How does that work exactly? Because I feel like if you got one demon, like how do you associate or how do you differentiate like a demon from the spirit when they're all kind of together? Like how do you know which one you're working with? Okay, from my understanding... Because um, for the, the for the record, before yeah. we start, uh-huh. this is not my forte. I, I okay. don't normally go into this stuff, so I don't know a ton about it. Um, I'm kind of stretching myself here into a different field than I'm used to. So I'm actually interested to learn this. Well, from from my understanding is that when a demon is present on the property, <clears throat> it can trap and use the spiritual energy of spirits or ghosts on that property or within the vicinity of the property. And because uh, a demon is a totally different entity of itself. It's a, it's an actual, right, right. it's, it was, it wasn't born, it was created. And, exactly. and it somehow has to be summoned, brought ritualize somehow into that spot because according to and this is going off of the um the christian or the bible version of demons because that's what i i know personally um so 
from the Bible's perspective, demons don't just kind of blip, here we are. They have to be given permission to be in this this area. Yeah, they're invited to this area. Stay over there, gummy bears. I don't need you right now. Stop. Anyway, so, (laughs) um, and then if the demon is strong enough, it can contain those spirits that are on the property or they can basically like torment the people or the beings that are living on the property literally to death. And now they have that spirit on the property with them. So they can torment them until like, um, like exorcisms, like people have actually died from being possessed because they, they couldn't exorcise the demon. So now it is believed that the demon now owns this, this spirit, this soul, and it's trapped there. Right. So, so they're the ones trapping the spirit in limbo. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like an overlord, a really bad slumlord. You know what I'm saying? Those guys are really bad. The the demons are are normally like a really bad slumlord in the spirit world. Just kind of like, you know, doing really bad things to the spirits. The spirits there, though, some of them may be evil or malevolent in nature, are sort of victims themselves. To what's yeah, it going sounds on. like it. Sounds like yeah. they're just almost a victim of circumstance at that point. Pretty much. So, and then you've got like, because um, demons can pretty much come, they can show themselves as black dogs, as we've discussed in previous podcasts. Right. They can the show shuck. themselves, yeah, they can show themselves as uh, children because they're playing on. They're playing on uh, not just your fears, but they're also playing on the on the thing, your vulnerability, right? And like the children black are, children, right? The children are the most vulnerable things. That's why sometimes if you're walking in the in the forest and you suddenly hear a baby start crying, don't your go. parental instincts kick in? You're like, I need to save yeah. that baby or whatever, and they're just yeah. luring you into. Uh, big scary issue to your doom and let's be honest here you're even me your first instinct is not oh that's a demon your first instinct is oh my god there's a baby in the woods what is a baby doing in the woods i don't know if i'm walking through the middle of the woods and i hear a baby crying i'm gonna i'm getting out of there like i'm i'm not (laughs) i'm turning around and i'm running the opposite direction that i hear the sound or in this case bit windy boy i'm gonna walk in a zigzag or run in a zigzag and kind of hit a hard 45 degree angle and like yep. try to make Confuse it, unpre- it yeah yep tuck <laughs> and roll not- <laughs> dodge and weave a little bit of thunder a little bit of lightning <laughs> tumbles you know do some acrobatic somersaults kind of exactly Exactly. But they will, demons come after the vulnerable man. That's what they do. And if you've got some, like, if you're like spiritually strong and you're psychically strong, they're going to, you know, they're going to be like that, that bee in the bee movie when he's trying to get out the window. Maybe this time, this time, this time, this time, diabolical. (laughs) You know, that's, that's, that's what they're working on. They're trying to find that crack, that little, you know, Somewhere where they can slip in and get a hold of you. So that's that's the difference between a demon and a ghost or a spirit. And then you've got the ones like Dylan 
helped me with earlier, the residual stuff, which they just, they don't even know you're there because it's basically just living in a memory. So I gotcha. So that's how you're going to be differentiating between what's what. And um, plus, it's a feeling. It's hard to explain, but I'm sure that some of the people in our, our audience right now, they can they can tell you sometimes you get a greasy feeling. Have you ever met somebody or passed somebody in the grocery store or, you know, felt something just kind of definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely get those vibes every once in a while from yeah, it's various bad vibes, people. Man. Oh yeah, yeah, it's bad. It's vibe, definitely bad a juju. real thing. Yeah, you you can pick that up on people. Sometimes it's the person themselves. Sometimes it's a it's an outside influence that's attached to said person. But you can get them vibes, man, and it's bad juju. So you can See, de- I think differentiate the- from those feelings too. I think those vibes come from that lower frequency vibration where, you know, you're picking it up. And I think that's a very tangible thing that anybody that is even slightly uh, susceptible to those kind of vibes or those feelings, like you can sense that because it's, it's like a different frequency. It's just off. There's something not right. And like animals pick up on that. Like it's, it's definitely a real thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Older oh, people. Comments here. Oh, right on. Parental instincts. I wish <laughs> the hell if I'm ever in a place like let's say let's say for instance I, I decided to go on a little trip by myself and it's dark and you know my tail will be in the house doors locked everything I am relaxing enjoying myself and I hear a baby crying outside in the woods and, and no ain't no parental oh, I gotta go save the baby uh, nah 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 nah, nah. <laughs> whoever I, told I that baby to that. that to go ahead and crawl their little tail out in the damn woods it, it, it mm-mm. Mm-mm. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna call 911 and say, "Hey, there's a baby crying in the woods." And if they tell me to go out there and see if I can help the baby, and be like, "You must be out your damn mind," and I'm gonna hang up. Tina and has see, strong self-preservation appro- vibes. That is the appropriate response right there, because that's exactly what I would do too. You got to be crazy for me to go out in the woods in the middle of the night hearing a baby. That doesn't just happen. Like you it call the cops, doesn't. you call someone and you'd be like, you go save them. I'm staying in the house. <laughs> That's just not happening. <laughs> right, let's see. There's another one here. And when it comes to like demonology and stuff, to my understanding, at least the way I was understood, understood it and how I was told the demons can pretend to be just regular spirits because, you know, demons yep. are liars, they say. So it makes it even harder yep. to identify that, which makes it even harder for those that are trying to, you know, cleanse an area to properly cleanse it, do the right thing they need to do and all that fun stuff. Uh, it's yeah. really hard to, you know, identify what you're dealing with just on just the base level. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's why a lot of people rely on that baser instinct of that, you know, the bad vibes, man. You, That's why I tell a lot of people that I know, you know, trust your gut, listen to your instincts, um, pay attention to those alarm bells. Even when it's just people, when it comes to places or animals or whatever, listen to it. You need to pay attention. It's like a built-in survival instinct. You know, we've got those for oh, a reason. I mean, even if, you know, you're walking up in a cute little six-year-old who's playing in the sandbox and looks up at you and smiles and you get that, oh, no, Juju, Mm-mm, turn away. Mm-mm. Nope. Sorry. Exactly. You're going to be playing in that sandbox by yourself. <laughs> I ain't going to. Nope. Bye. 
walk away, do a Yui. Yep. <laughs> Doing a Yui and I'm walking away. So that's what you get. That's what you got with that one. So yeah, pay attention to it. You're both right. Both right. Don't both have self-preservation skills that apparently I'm still lacking because I'm still going to be like, I know it's bad and I probably shouldn't, but at the same time, I got questions that need to be answered. So I'm either going to be buying equipment to answer <laughs> said questions for me, or I'm just going to have to brave the wilds and go figure it out myself. See, that's the difference between me and you. Like you and you need to have those questions answered. I don't, I'm just like, I'm out. I'm gone. I'm, Dude, I am literally the definition Leave of that the, saying, you know, cat li- curiosity killed the cat. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, yeah that's me. <laughs> yeah, I am. That's that's my problem. That's the problem that I have. And I don't know. I don't know how many lives I have left, to be honest with you. <laughs> I really don't because I just I am too. I'm too damn curious for my own good, for my own health. That's why I need supervision. I have to have supervision. Because I'm not, something, some things generally, I just, I ward myself against and I just don't do. But most of the time, probably about 95%, about 95% of the time, (laughs) I'm like, "Mm, but really though, and I have to go do it. So anyway, okay, so what, with the Warrens. We have covered that they are demonologists, that they were, um, that Lorraine was a psychic, that they were involved heavily. They were the OGs of the paranormal and spirituality realms, bringing it, crossing it over into the mainstream. They were that bridge. They created it in the way back. And that now we are just now starting to see the influence and the investigations and the power of those investigations that they have had over their lifetime coming into mainstream media now and that they paved a way for a lot of stuff for people like us they paved a they paved a big way for people like us you know so that we can actually have a platform to talk about you know, ghosts right. and exorcisms and demons and angels and cryptids, you know, so that, and we're not looked at, you know, or put in a, a mental institution because normally back in the day, that's what happened. You start talking about that stuff and people looked at you crazy and then you got put on medication and a padded room for a right. little while. So they really made the whole world, the realm of the paranormal more mainstream, more of a um, socially acceptable. Of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just and, a, a thing. So it, they they really have done a lot for uh for this genre in general. Yes, they have. They definitely have. They're in like crazy houses cuz I'm sure that's where we would be. <laughs> we would be. And I think what I think is fascinating about some of their cases um Amityville, the Perone family and the infilled poltergeist are all connected through one major demon. Anybody? I'm going to address the class. Does anybody know the name of said major demon that connected these three cases together over a course of years? I do not, actually. From 1975 to... 
Let's see. Nope. Oh, oh, 1971 to 1977. One demon played a big role in that. What was it? Mullick. The demon Mullick played a big role. He was in the background of these three cases. And that demon is the one that allegedly caused these traumatic visions for Lorraine. Like it was, yeah, like it was bad enough that she was so deep. She was afraid for Ed's life, right? Yeah. Not just Ed's life, but her, 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 her child, her daughter as well. And oh, she was okay. pulled so deep into her visions by Moloch that she was, they couldn't wake her up sometimes. Like she would oh, start wow. screaming and they couldn't get her out of, of this, uh, this trance to pull her back. And that would she'd be terrifying. Get, yeah. She would, she would be physically attacked. She would come back with physical marks from these trance. She would, she would uh, emerge from these trances and have uh, physical markings left on her body. And they actually caught that on um, video recording. I believe the first time was in Amityville. Um, okay. And they had it on the videotape there in Amityville first when that first happened, if I remember correctly. It's either Amityville or the Perone family is when it first happened that they actually caught it on video. Um, so she was traumatized by this demon. This demon was out to get her. He wanted Lorraine Warren to crumble. And Jeez. she did. She did. She was she was not okay for quite some time. And there was a point where Ed was telling her that he didn't want her to go on investigations with him at a time to protect her. Oh wow. And yeah, and she was she wouldn't have in it because she was a warrior. She wouldn't have in it. She was she was gonna go, she was gonna protect her family, she was gonna protect herself, and she wasn't going to give this demon any more power over her life or herself. So So how did that end exactly? Like how did she get rid of it or did she? She ended up she ended up finding out his name. One of the things that she can do over a demon is the to have power over a demon is finding the name of the demon. So then you can have power over it to expel it or um, exercise it from a home, a property, a person, a thing. And Moloch, I believe, was came to a head with the infilled, no, not the infilled poltergeist. I think they mixed it up in the movies with the infilled poltergeist with uh, the tall man. Um, the movies are great, by the way, but they, they they mash up a lot of their investigations together into the movie to make them more sensational. Um, sure. But if you go by the movie with the poltergeist in England where the tall man was, which is what the conjuring two is about. Um, you'll see that there's the nun in there. Right. I did see that one. I saw it. So I watched the conjuring two right actually before this episode. So before the podcast, right. that's Malik. 
And according to the the investigation, Mullick has been traveling on Earth from person to person since the early 1920s. Oh, wow. And, but this is by following the movie. Okay. Um, Now I haven't actually looked into, I haven't, no, I'll take that back. I haven't seen a lot of Lorraine, Ed and Lorraine's personal um, investigations, personal writings or anything on Mullick. Now Mullick could just be sensationalized through the conjuring, the conjuring two and the nun. Okay. Um, Okay. But Mullick is an actual demon and she was, and Lorraine was terrorized by a demon for some time. Uh, The movies just mashed them together, mashed the stories together to make it more appealing for audiences. Um, Now in the infilled poltergeist, which happened in 1977, uh, which is what The Conjuring 2 is a part of. Um, It happened, they actually have video um, pictures and uh, actual police reports before the Warrens were invited, before the Warrens were... uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, before they were invited over to um, to the home to investigate. And they struggled to get an exorcism because they thought that the family, that the little girl of the family was basically just acting out, that it was a hoax. Um, now, exorcisms though, have to be performed through, like, they have to be sanctioned, don't they? Yes. I, I don't know about it, but. Uh, There's like a whole what, process. Okay. Yeah, they have to be sanctioned. They have to be um, like, yeah, it's almost like putting an application with a government official and them going and putting it on the pile and saying, we'll get to it. But you have to do it through the Catholic Church. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And then the Catholic Church, you have to bring them actual evidence that you have gathered over a period of time that meets a certain requirement that the Catholic Church has to prove that it is an actual exorcism before they'll send a priest out to look at it themselves to determine if it falls as an exorcism under the Catholic law, the Catholic priesthood gotcha. law Yeah, so, so it's a whole if process. If it's going to be sanctioned by the Catholic Church, you have to go through the whole process, but you don't necessarily have to have it sanctioned, I guess, then? I mean, if, right. if uh, I'm assuming if you know how to do it, you can just do it, but. But it won't yeah. be recognized as an exorcism from the Catholic Church, which is basically right. like the official stamp. You know what I'm sure. saying? Okay, that we got sense. some comments. You brought up that um, animals can sense it. I don't know if this w- is a good example or not, but um, I want to say two weeks ago, um, 
I went out with my brother and my mother to go run some errands. And when we came back, my father said that he went to go get the mail. And this random man, I guess he was like visiting someone's house. He was going to the car, his car, and Toto just went jetting for them and was barking and was trying to protect dad. No, Toto has never done that. Toto is a punk. Toto, I will say this right now with him staring at me wagging his tail. I love this boy to death. Don't get me wrong. I love Toto. That is my baby. I will fight for my boy. But he's a punk. He will bark at you, but the second you stomp your foot, he is running. So the fact that he went chasing after this man and was like ready to attack to protect dad was weird. Mm. Mm, See? See, I've had my dog. Okay, so I was down visiting my parents at one point, and I had my dog with me, and I was letting him out later at night. It was around like 11, 11.30, something like that. And we were in the far back of their yard, which is about an acre or so. Um, He was just kind of wandering around, and he heard a noise. Uh, something in the woods, you know, branch snapped something and he scooby-dooed out of there so quick and just <laughs> left me like just left me behind in the dark. I'm like, dude, what the heck? <laughs> but yeah, like you got left. My, my dog is. <laughs> and seeing as the podcast is about to end, um, soon or later, or I'm about to go to sleep anyway. Um, Here's my joke. What do you call a careful wolf? A werewolf. Okay, I'm done. Thanks. I'll be here every week. Thanks, guys. Love you. Don't forget to tip your waitresses. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. What do we got next? You're not allowed in my house until my dog meets you and okays you. That's true. That's true. That is true. That is true. Okay, so apparently we have gone over time because in my excitement, I needed to talk about all things Ed and Lorraine Warren because I get excited (laughs) and pumped about them. So, yeah. Well, we may have to extend this or continue it on if, you know, if we have enough content, we can keep digging on it and keep researching. Because I know there's a couple of things. Um, just in terms of the realm of hauntings and stuff, you know, there's a, there's a house here in, uh, Michigan that is, um, they call it the hell house Mm -hmm. and supposedly this house could give, uh, the conjuring a run for its money because I mean, there's some really, really creepy stuff that happens there. Like a, a child, um, basically petrified and suffocating kind of stuff, you know, knocking on the wall with like, so I won't get into it. We'll, we'll research it later, but, or we'll go over it later, but there's some crazy stuff to it. And, you know, I'd like to look into that one too, in addition to, you know, some of the other stuff that Ed and Lorraine have done. So keep this going and, you know, pick up on it on another time. I would like to see that for sure. We've got one more comment. To be continued. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) Doink, doink. (laughs) Absolutely. I would definitely like to continue this conversation at a later date. Maybe we can do it for a cryptid special because they do 
include cryptids like the werewolf. Um, but we'll see. I'll do the, I'll cuss and discuss yeah. it with Kellogg here. So anyway, I would like to thank everyone for coming out and listening and participating in our podcast for the Paranormal Umbrella, where we discussed Ed and Lorraine Warren. Thank you so much for coming out and participating and enjoying our conversation. I had so much fun tonight. We normally do this on Friday nights, but... Last night I was uh, under the weather, so we decided to do it tonight. We have uh, Wednesday nights with the... I know. (laughs) We have Wednesday (laughs) night with the Paranatural Cryptid Preservation Society, where we might, on Wednesday, continue this conversation. I don't know. We'll see. And next Friday at 8, we're going to have a special guest come and talk to us about CERN and the Mandela effects on the paranormal umbrella. I am Which I know Kellogg is really excited about this one. So <laughs> I really am. <laughs> so again, thank you so much for coming out. Everyone take care of yourselves. Make sure to get plenty of sleep. Hydrate. Drink lots of water. Check under your bed. Have some snacks. All Pour that good salt. stuff. <laughs> Pour some salt. Do your wards. Take care of yourselves. Protect yourself. <laughs> oh, exiting comment. What? I already got some popcorn ready to hear everybody in Miss Sacred Light. I'm sorry if those are not your pronouns, hon. Please correct me in Discord if I'm wrong. Um, but I'm so excited. Oh, <laughs> awesome. speaking of Discord, we have our Discord link up above. So you can click on that and you can follow us there where we give you all updates and kind of let you know what's going on and Yeah, we share all of the information that we've used for these podcasts over there so you can do some digging and research for yourself because, you know, it's good to fact check everything and it's good to uh, pay attention and know what you're hearing, that what you're hearing is the truth. So, yeah, we'll share all of those over there and we'll see you guys over there. That's right. We also have an IG if you're still, you know, into Instagram and whatnot. So follow us on Instagram. That link is here on our stereo platform. And if you don't know, now you're in the know. We're also on Spotify, which you can follow us there. And we are also on iHeartRadio now. So if you missed tonight, you can hear it again on Spotify and iHeartRadio. Follow us there. Make sure you give us a five-star rating. Listen to all of our past podcasts there. And uh, stereo is where you can get with this live and participate before it's all edited and made pretty and put on Spotify and iHeartRadio. So thank you so much. And we will see you on Wednesday. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs>